Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Brock Stoller of the Seattle Seawolves and Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Balanced Palette, Nutrition for Peak Performance, and The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in New York City, talking rugby. And we have two friends from north of the border originally, not both now, but north of the border originally, Mr. Brock Stoller of the Seattle uh, Seawolves and Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Brock, welcome. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me today. Good to see you, my friend, in your green and, and blue. And, and Brian, thank you for joining us from Halifax. Great to be back here, Matt. It's always a good time at the, the rugby wrap-up. You, you're semi-clean shaven, Brian? Semi? Yeah, you, had a, you got a mustache going, <laughs> oh, yeah. but looks looking oh, good. Yeah. Looking good. Oh, All right. Sharp. So, uh, Brock, uh, Ryan, uh, Brian is very familiar with you, but for the folks at home that may not be, you are currently the leading scorer in Major League Rugby. I believe you have 148 points. And second to you is J.P. Eloff of the NOLA Gold, who you guys beat in an exciting, thrilling match up at Starfire the other night. And he's got 115. So you're, you're cruising, pal, to the, to the point total lead here. Uh, yes, that's what I've been told. Uh, I focus on my game quite a bit, but I'm, uh, I'm out there as a winger and a kicker, so I'm meant to score those points. Uh, it was quite electric uh, last Sunday at Starfire against the New Orleans Gold. Uh, and at the end of the game, it did come down to kicking, so I'm uh, thankful I made mine when I had the chance. Brian, he is being extraordinarily humble with that assessment of his kicking <laughs> prowess, isn't he? You'd have to say, just a fantastic uh, performance, 8 from 8 from the tee. Look, uh, on the broadcast the other night, Stacey Pates said that you don't practice your kicking as much as some people might think. Quality versus quantity, I think, was the phrase. Can you tell us more about your practice routine? Yeah, no, I, I usually uh, pull the tee out two or three times a week. Um, I may do anywhere between, you know, eight and 12 kicks. And like I said, uh, quality is much greater than quantity. Um, I've put a lot of work in, in years past and just try and uh, maintain what I'm doing. And it's worked so, uh, it's worked uh, well so far this season. You're second in conversions, I think with 30 and you are second in penalty goals with 21, but that really doesn't tell the story as far as I'm concerned. I've been up to Starfire. I've seen the pressure environment. I've watched you on the television because we can do that in this league, which is fantastic. But your kicks are often from ridiculous angles and with a lot of pressure, and that's not really weighted. You, you're, you, you, do you have a, a mechanism to deal with pressure? Well, firstly, i got to thank my teammates, though, for giving me all those opportunities to make those kicks and kick those conversions because being one of the top teams in the league is going to have those uh, opportunities scoring so many points. Um, I actually do enjoy um, the tougher kicks, kicks on uh, harder angles because I'm actually having to focus on a spur, uh, certain spot, um, certain target, and uh, it's a lot. I don't know I, I find it more of a challenge, and it's it's just exciting to have those kicks. Uh, you know, it, it, you don't you don't do anything to hurt the stereotype that Canadians are humble and polite, even in the in the in the light of greatness. Yeah, repping us well. Look, I I, I got to throw this in now. Uh, <laughs> what, was you know, what was that? What was that? What was that? You well, these Canadian politeness. Come on, it's yeah. it's 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 in our blood, right? So, uh, I, we've heard a lot of rumblings here and there, but nothing really uh, with any real meat. Just about uh, a potential Vancouver MLR team. Obviously, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people traveling down to see those Seattle games. So 
So the soonest it could happen would be 2021. You're a local from from Vancouver area. Do, do you think Vancouver would get behind a team if it happened? I think the the Vancouver and the lower mainland area, similar to the the GTA in, in Ontario, would definitely be able to get behind a team. Um, I think the toughest part is getting uh, investors willing to to put their money in into an investment that may take you know five six years maybe to pay off. Uh, but there's definitely a fan base, and I think the the biggest struggle would be finding a venue um, and training facilities all within an area um, that are suitable to the financial needs of uh, the team. Brian, you mentioned he's a local product of Vancouver. Just so people at home understand, you're also a capped Canadian star. You've got, I think, 16 caps. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Kitsilano High School and Maraloma Rugby Club. Yes, that is correct. I, uh, I started playing my rugby in grade eight at Kitsilano High School. My dad was actually the coach. Um, I ended up going to school with him uh, for five years every day, uh, driving in because um, the school he coached at, um, and taught at was a, a sports school per se as a public school, but they had a very good rugby, very good basketball. Um, and they also had a golf team. I played a lot of sports growing up, um, but yeah, that's where I started playing rugby. And then it led me to playing with the Marilomas and getting to play with a couple uh, cap Canadian players there um, just as I was finishing high school. I haven't heard the word hockey in there. <laughs> I actually ended up, uh, I played hockey till I was about 11 years old. Um, some of my parents, uh, they had um, children that were a bit younger than me, and I ended up playing a few years up. And once hitting started, it kind of uh, kind of upset me because I was a little smaller than the rest of the players. And I ended up uh, taking up golf, actually, because our car broke down in front of the, the ice rink uh, after one of the games. I'll tell you what, I, you, you've made up for it more because you're, what, like 6'2", 210, 215. I've stood next to you. You're a large man on the wing. I would not want to tackle you. Uh, speaking of large presences, uh, Richie Walker, your head, your head coach, What's it like playing for a guy that paints his fingernails? <laughs> I'll paint his fingernails. That was an unlucky dice roll for Richie. He might have been late to a meeting. I can't remember. Um, but, no, Richie's a great guy, um, a lot of confidence, a very calm voice in the room, and he, uh, he compliments the coaching staff quite well. He gets the best out of Phil, uh, Rickert, Tim, Pate, all the people that help uh, in the supporting roles. He makes it all, it all work. Yeah, look, i got to put my, uh, my Canada cap on here for – for just a second, oh, make nice. sure we can see that. Uh, <laughs> so you were actually left out of the the qualifier squad in November and the Americas Rugby Championship. That's a you know a, a bit of a surprise to a lot of Canadians. Is the World Cup's obviously coming up this year? Is that kind of a, a in the back of your mind as a motivation? And has has Kingsley Jones or anybody from from that camp been in touch about uh, that tournament coming up this year? I know the the World Cup is definitely uh, in my sights, and it's my goal to end up making the team um, come September in Japan. Um, I had a poor showing back in October in the, with the Canada A team in Uruguay, and I was able to talk to Kingsley about it and try and uh, work towards the MLR and then set a pathway for myself to, uh, to make the team come September. Um, no, but that's definitely my goal. Kingsley was actually at the game um, this past weekend on Sunday uh, because, you know, the likes of Kyle Bailey and Eric Howard now, um, the justice uh, on our team and obviously Phil. There's a lot of uh, Canadian content within those te- two teams, so I had, had a quick chat with him there. And, yeah, no, I'm just going to keep grinding every day and uh, being the best I can be. Aha. So what we have here, courtesy of America's Rugby News, is a breaking story that the Toronto Arrows are holding you back from being on the national team because you play for a team in America. (laughs) Toronto Arrows, where where does that come from? Uh, This is all prevaricated, uh, made-up stories, fake news, fake rugby news. Right. 
No, all right. So <laughs> that is not true. They have, you have to be on their radar again after the performances that you've been having. But we've got some questions from the clubhouse for you, my friend, from your teammates. Uh, one of them wants to know what it's like that for you right now that you're living on your own now that you've moved out of dad's house. Dad, by, by dad, I mean Phil Mack's house. Oh, no, it was nice living with Phil. I actually, uh, I feel like a dad myself now, um, dealing with uh, the Justice and uh, Appy Nakatini. Um, I mentioned in a podcast on uh, with uh, other guys from the MLR that uh, they are quite jokesters. I'm always on top of them uh, for getting the dishes done and uh, keeping the kitchen tidy. So no, I've uh, I've really grown into a father figure role in the new house I'm at. Good stuff, good stuff. And another question I have from. You know, you might not believe this. The shy retiring Matthew Drew Turner wants to know if your kicking is so accurate because you wear toe spacers around the house. Um, the toe spacers do help keep my feet uh, nice and nimble and loose. Uh, my kicking is very accurate, especially when it gets windy, when Matt's actually able to come and hold the ball for me. Um, unfortunately, sometimes he wears too much grip tech and he pulls the ball off the tee as what happened in Utah. I kicked a complete duck because he moved the ball right when I was about to kick it. Um, but the toe spacers, I think, are uh, leading to my success. I think we have, we have a follow-up breaking story, courtesy of America's <laughs> Rugby News, is that Matt Turner is afraid to hold on to the ball. You're being very nice about it. And he is Mr. T for you? Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. T in terms of a rugby team, but I think he actually just changed his Instagram uh, handle back to M. F. Turner, but I know his old nickname is uh, Afterburner Turner, and uh, as they like to say on the the broadcast, he surely has turned back the clock a few times this season with his pace. Yeah, so it seems you guys, like you guys are all pretty close off the field. Is that kind of uh, the secret to your success, as it were, of Seattle's success over the last couple seasons? No, I, I definitely say uh, enjoyment's a big factor. Um, it's our everyday job to go in and, and put in the work in the gym and on the field. And we have an inter interesting mix of guys uh, from a variety of different countries. So. In a sense, we are just one family here. A lot of guys that are younger, you know, they don't have their parents around and whatnot. So there are older and younger guys to turn to, but our, uh, our camaraderie on and off the field really helps us be successful. Good stuff. When Matt Turner took that ball and ran the length of the pitch for the try, was he too gassed to hold the tee for you on that last conversion? Oh, down, down in Utah. Um, I don't know. I think we were trying to call the paramedics there and uh, get a CPR machine for him. Uh, he was struggling after that. Uh, but no, it was less windy at that point in the game. He didn't have to hold the tee, and I, I definitely wouldn't ask him to because he'd probably faint at that point. <laughs> uh, you know, we could keep making fun of him, but the guy is having a remarkable career with the Seawolves. Uh, Brian, do you think that we need to investigate what Dallin Stanford said on the air in regards to Matt Turner, who made his bread and butter as an England sevens player. He referred to him as a fellow South African. Well, that's Dallin. I mean, come on. Isn't he a, an American at this point? Who is he to say he's South African? Just because he's got some funny accent on the air. How do we believe that guy? He's actually from Coney Island. He's got a fake South African accent. You could tell because it's got that, that uh, Brooklynese kind of uh, sway to it. Rooney at Glendale, Brock. Who's going to win that one? That's a good question. Um... It was pretty uh, interesting to see Glendale go down so early to the Houston Sabercats a few weeks ago, but they showed their resiliency and fought back. Um, I'm going to go out there and say it's going to be a tie. Really? It'll be a close game. Yeah, maybe 28-28. Maybe a tie? That'll be my prediction. Yeah. 
We've had a couple of those this year, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We have. But but predicting a tie, that's gutsy. That's gutsy. A man of steel predicting that one. <laughs> is, is, is there anything uh, you guys are putting in the drinks of uh, of George Barton this year? He seems awfully angry out there for a Canadian. No, George has had he had a great preseason and he's having a great season so far. Uh, it was unfortunate last season for George just with a couple of injuries he picked up along the way, but he's really put in the work the you know the past few months and it's really showing on the field. So I'm happy that George is out there and maybe he is drinking something special, but he's really showing off his skills uh, with the Seawolves. All right, my friend, thank you for your time. We really appreciate you coming on. And on behalf of Mr. Brock Stoller, the star of the Seawolves, the Seattle Seawolves, the reigning champions of Major League Rugby, and Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, I'm Matt McCarthy signing off from the Fantasy Sports Network in Midtown Manhattan for Rugby Raptors.